Although we are not accustomed to seeing sacrifices being performed, this is what Christ did for us through His work upon the cross. He paid the penalty of our sins. By His blood, we then, our sins have been covered by the blood of the Lamb, the Lamb, Jesus Christ. And it's by faith that we apply the blood of Jesus to our lives that we might be a people who would be willing to hear God's Word, to do the work of the Lord. Think about the hand. You work with your hands. And to walk in the ways of God all the days of our lives. You're looking too far for that need you have inside. You're on a big merry-go-round and it's taking you for a ride. You've got to let go and let go. Welcome to The Cleansing Word. We invite you to stay with us as Pastor John Pinnell of Calvary Chapel Lake Villa takes us through a verse-by-verse study from God's Word. Each Monday through Friday, we'll be airing messages to encourage you in your faith that you might grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that you enjoy this broadcast, and I'll return at the close of this teaching to give you more information about our church and how you can obtain a copy of this message. Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word. We are looking at Exodus 29 and 30. Tonight we're looking at a message that I entitled, Hear, Work, Walk, and Wash. Hear, work, walk, and wash. And we're going to find all these things in the next couple of chapters, really dealing with uh, the instructions that God gave to Moses. The second ram was the ram of consecration, verses 19 through 25. The second ram, in addition to its blood being sprinkled all around the altar, it was also placed on Aaron. And his sons, their right ears, their right thumbs, and their right big toes. And some of the blood then was mingled with the anointing oil and then sprinkled on their garments to consecrate them and their service to the Lord. And like the peace offering, again, we'll learn about the peace offerings in Leviticus, but like the peace offering, they were able to have a portion of the offering, to consume a portion of it, in a sense, having communion with God there at the temple or the tabernacle. So we read about this third offering in verses 19 through 25. It says, You shall take the other ram, and Aaron and his sons shall put their hands on the head of the ram. You shall kill the ram and take some of its blood and put it on the tip of the right ear of Aaron and the tip of the right ear of his sons and on the thumb of their right hand and on their big toe of their right foot and sprinkle the blood all around the altar. And you shall take some of the blood that is on the altar and some of the anointing oil and sprinkle it on Aaron and his garments, on his sons and on the garments of his sons with him. And he and his garments shall be hallowed and his sons and 
garments with him. Also you shall take the fat of the ram, the fat tail, the fat that covers the entrails, the fatty lobe attached to the liver, the two kidneys, the fat on them, and the right thigh, for it is the ram of consecration, one loaf of bread, one cake made with oil, one wafer from the basket of unleavened bread that is before the Lord, and you shall put these in the hands of Aaron, in the hands of his sons, and you shall wave them as a wave offering before the Lord. You shall receive them back from their hands and burn them up on the altar as a burnt offering, as a sweet aroma before the Lord. It is an offering made by fire to the Lord. So again, identifying with these things, they're placed in their hands and then put back on the altar, but only a portion this time. The whole ram is not burned up, but only a portion. It became a wave offering before the Lord. So the purpose of the blood on the right ear and the right thumb and the right toe, this was the verse, my next door neighbor. And I can still remember him to this day sitting out on his front porch and reading the Bible. And I thought, that is so cool. I'll have to talk to him about the Lord and see where he's at. We did. We had that conversation over a period of time. They're no longer our neighbors there. But he had told me maybe a few years later when I'd seen him reading the Bible, he came to Exodus 29, verse 20, and he thought, this doesn't make sense. Blood on the right ear, on the thumb, and on the right toe. And he closed the Bible and he said he did so for over a year. It's just like, it doesn't make sense. And I said, well, the blood on the right ear meant that the priest was supposed to hear from God. And the blood on the tip of the right thumb meant that the priest was supposed to be doing the work of God. And the blood on the tip of their toe meant that the priest was supposed to walk in the ways of God. And so it was very significant connecting with the sacrifice itself and the blood of the sacrifice identifying them with the work that the Lord had called them to. And it's a great reminder to us as well that we should desire to hear the word of God, to do the work of God and to walk in the ways of God. So then they're given a portion of this offering, the offering of consecration in verses 26 and 28. He goes on to say, and this is the same offering, you shall take the breast of the ram of Aaron's consecration and wave it as a wave offering before the Lord, and it shall be your portion. So this is the portion for Moses. And from the ram of consecration, you shall sanctify the breast of the wave offering, which is waved, and the thigh of the heave offering, which is raised, and that which is for Aaron and that which is for his sons. So they also receive a portion And it shall be from the children of Israel for Aaron and his sons by a statue forever. So this is something when the priest would offer uh, an offering of consecration, a peace offering to the Lord, that the priest would get his portion, like Moses does here, as a sense, part of his payment for the service to the people of Israel. But then the people themselves, with the peace offering, would also get a portion And they were to eat the portion in the temple grounds, Aaron and his sons also, in verse 28. It shall be from the children of Israel and Aaron for the sons 
by a statue forever. It shall be a heave offering from the children of Israel from the sacrifice of their peace offerings. That is their heave offering before the Lord. And so they would have a memorial portion that we will read about. Aaron and his sons would have to consume that offering there before the Lord. In Leviticus 10, 12 and 13, talking about the peace offering. Moses spoke to Aaron and to Eliezer and Ithamar, his sons who were left. He has four sons at this point, but two of the sons uh, would not be obedient to the Lord. So they would be blotted out of the picture. So by Leviticus 10, 12, he's speaking to Aaron and his two remaining sons. Take the grain offering that remains of the offering made by fire to the Lord and eat it without leaven beside the altar, for it is most holy. You shall eat in the holy place because it is your due and your son's due of the sacrifices made by fire to the Lord. For so I have commanded. So they would have their portion from the peace offerings that the people would offer to the Lord. The remainder of this became this sweet aroma to the Lord. Having communion with God is the idea of this. They would, the Lord would have his portion burned up on the altar, and then the priest, and then in the peace offering, the people offering the peace offering would also have a portion that they could consume in the temple area and have communion with God. So 29 through 37, we find that this is a seven-day process. The ceremony would last for seven days with a bull being offered each day as a sin offering before the Lord. And these seven days not only consecrated Aaron and his sons for the priesthood, but also was consecrating the altar for the service in the children of Israel there at the temple They were actually consecrating the altar itself to make it holy unto the Lord. Verses 29, we pick up reading, The holy garments of Aaron and his sons after him to be anointed in them and to be consecrated in them that the sons who become priests in his place shall put them on for seven days when he enters the tabernacle of meaning to minister in the holy place You shall take the ram of the consecration and boil its flesh in the holy place. And Aaron and his sons shall eat the flesh of the ram and the bread that is in the basket by the door of the tabernacle of meeting. And those who eat these things, which the atonement was made to consecrate, to sanctify them, but strangers shall not eat them because they are holy. And if any of the flesh of the consecration offering or the bread remains until morning, it shall be burned up with fire. It shall not be eaten because it is holy. Thus you shall do to Aaron and his sons according to all that I commanded you. Seven days you consecrate them and you shall offer a bull every day as a sin offering for atonement. You shall cleanse the altar with which you make atonement for it. You shall anoint it and sanctify it. Seven days you shall make atonement for the altar and sanctify it, and the altar shall be most holy. And whatever touches the altar must be holy. So this was a a seven-day-long process that they had to stay there at the temple as they were being consecrated in their service as priests before the Lord, but also the altar itself we find is being consecrated at this time in 
First Chronicles six forty nine. We have there in First Chronicles six, we have the uh, genealogy of Aaron. But it begins by saying this, First Chronicles six forty nine. But Aaron and his sons offered sacrifices on the altar of burnt offering and on the altar of incense for the work of the most holy place to make atonement for Israel according to all that Moses, the servant of God, commanded. And so this is what the Lord commanded Moses to instruct the children of Israel and in anointing and preparing and consecrating Aaron and his sons to be the priest of Israel. So the daily offerings we learn about in verses 38 through 46. In verses 38 and 39, it tells us, Now this is what you shall offer on the altar, two lambs of the first year, day by day, continually. One lamb you shall offer in the morning, the other lamb you shall offer at twilight. Two offerings, each day, once in the morning, once at twilight. And the two lambs were to be, in verse 38, of the first year, And it was to be day by day continually. And these two, in verse 41, a sweet aroma unto the Lord made by fire. They were to be offered day by day, month after month, year after year. And the Lord would meet there with the children of Israel at the door of the temple with his Shekinah glory, where he promised to dwell in the camp of Israel. In verse 45 and 46, I will dwell with the children of Israel. I will be their God, and they shall know that I am the Lord, their God, who brought them out of the land of Egypt, that I may dwell among them. I am the Lord, their God. Although we are not accustomed to seeing sacrifices being performed, this is what Christ did for us through his work upon the cross. He paid the penalty of our sins. By his blood, we then, our sins have been covered by the blood of the Lamb, the Lamb, Jesus Christ. And it's by faith that we apply the blood of Jesus to our lives, that we might be a people who would be willing to hear God's word, to do the work of the Lord. Think about the hand, you work with your hands, and to walk in the ways of God all the days of our lives. So I think Exodus 29, verse 20 Chapter 29, verse 20 is significant. And that blood being applied to the tips of their ears, to the tip of their right thumb, to the tip of the right toe, the big toe, that they might hear from the Lord, that they might do the work of the Lord, that they might walk in the ways of the Lord. So now we look at the daily washings in Exodus chapter 30. Again, verse 20, the key verse that I have picked for this chapter, it says, And when they go into the tabernacle of meeting, or when they come near the altar to minister, to burn an offering made by fire to the Lord, they shall wash with water lest they die. So the ceremonial washing, something the priest had to do, and we'll read about the bronze laver here in Exodus chapter 30. So now we're jumping back to some of the furnishings of the tabernacle. We've learned of the Ark of the Covenant and the mercy seat and the menorah and the table of showbread and the altar, bronze altar. We've learned about the constructing of these, but we had not learned yet about the altar of incense, nor the brown lever, 
where the priest would wash. And he's also going to talk about the ransom money and the anointing oil and the incense. All these things that were identified with the tabernacle and then later on the temple of God. In chapter 30, verse 1, we pick up learning about the altar of incense in verses 1 through 10. You shall make an altar to burn incense on. You shall make it of acacia wood. It's a cubic shall be its length and a cubit its width. And it shall be a square and two cubics shall be its height. Its horns shall be of one piece with it. You shall overlay its top and its sides all around and its horns with pure gold. You shall make for it a molding of gold all around. Two gold rings you shall make for it under the moldings on both sides. You shall place them on its two sides and they will be holders for the poles in which to bear it. You shall make poles of acacia wood, overlay them with gold and you shall put them before the altar, put the altar before the veil that is before the ark of the testimony, before the mercy seat that is over the testimony where I will meet with you. Aaron shall burn on it sweet incense every morning. And when he tends the lamps, he shall burn incense on it. So in the evening when he tends and lights the lamps, once again, he lights incense on it. And when Aaron lights the lamps at twilight, he shall burn incense on a perpetual incense before the Lord. Throughout your generations, you shall not offer strange incense on it, or a burnt offering, or a meal offering, or a drink offering on it. And Aaron shall make atonement on its horns once a year with the blood of the sin offering of atonement. Once a year he shall make atonement upon it through your generations. It is most holy to the Lord. So this altar of incense. It was in the holy place of the tabernacle, later on the holy place of the temple, not in the holy of holies. In the holy of holies was the mercy seat that held the Ten Commandments, the jar that had manna in it and Aaron's rod that budded. There was a box, a golden box made of acacia wood overlaid with gold that held the Ten Commandments, the jar of manna and Aaron's rod that budded. And then the lid of the box was the mercy seat. That was the only thing that was in the Holy of Holies. And only the high priest once a year was allowed to enter into the Holy of Holies. He actually would enter twice to make atonement first for himself. And then he would come out, offer sacrifices again and make atonement by sprinkling blood upon the mercy seat for the nation of Israel. So he'd enter in twice, actually. And just outside of the Holy of Holies, there was a curtain that separated the two rooms. Outside of that would sit this altar of incense. And so as you walked in, you would have the table of showbread. You would have the menorah and the altar of incense. This is where the priest would minister daily to the Lord, morning and evening. They would change out the showbread every week. And the menorah they would light every evening. And this altar of incense, only for incense. And only once a year was blood sprinkled upon it on the Day of Atonement. But it was to have these incense being burned upon it morning and evening, continually uh, being burned up before the Lord. 
So it was uh, to be one cubic by one cubic, two cubics high. So 18 inches by 18 inches, uh, 36 inches high. So about the average height of a table, but 18 inches that it would burn before the Lord. It had the golden rings on it, the poles. They were never to touch these things when they would move them. And so that was the rings and the poles to keep them from actually touching them. They were holy to the Lord. And so this incense being burned on the altar was a reminder of the prayers of the saints. As we find in Revelation 8, in verses 3 and 4, another angel, having a golden censer, came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. Remember, the tabernacle was merely a copy of the heavenly. So in heaven, we have a golden altar before the throne. And what do we see being offered upon it? Much incense mingled with the prayers of the saints. A smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended before God from the angel's hand. So Aaron and son, though they were consecrated to serve the Lord as priests, they still needed to daily wash. I believe that once we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior, we are saved. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. As 1 Corinthians 9.11 reminds us, but such were some of you, talking about all the things we used to might have been in times past, some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. You are clean. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Though we are clean and saved, we still walk in this world. We work in this world. We get dirty just by the contact in this world. So there is that need for daily washing. Let's go ahead and stand together. Here on Wednesday evenings, we've been going through the ABCs of salvation for well over a year now. The A stands for admit. Admit to God that you are a sinner and ask for his forgiveness. Romans 3.23 tells us all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And 1 John 1.9 reminds us that if we confess our sins, he is faithful to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We have to admit to God that we are sinners. And for those of us who have already done this in times past, we know that we are redeemed. We know that we are saved. Perhaps it's more so on a daily basis asking God, wash me by the water of your word. We also, the B, need to believe. Believe in the work that Jesus did upon the cross, his death, burial, and resurrection, his ascension back to the Father. Receive that gift of salvation. Romans 5.8 tells us, that God demonstrates his own love toward us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God demonstrated his love through the death of Jesus Christ upon the cross. We need to believe in that work. And C is for confessing, confessing our faith in Jesus Christ, not only to God, but sharing that faith with others. And the Bible tells us in Romans 10, verses 9 and 10, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Romans 10.13, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I hope for the church that's here with us in the building tonight that we have accomplished these things. Admitting, believing, confessing. But perhaps somebody hearing on the radio tonight, somebody uh, watching through social media, the videos at a later time, whenever you hear this message, what a blessing it's been to be with you. Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you for this night, a time to look into your word, to worship in song. Our needs are great. We need you, Lord, to send revival. Our country is in a mess. And most of the country, they don't even know it. They're blind to the truth. So, Father, open our hearts that we might see. Cleanse your church, the daily washing of your word. Help us, Lord, to hear from you. Help us, Lord, to do your work with our hands. Help us, Lord, to walk in your ways. Help us, Lord, to wash daily by your word. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Pray that God would bless you and keep you, that his face would always shine upon you and give you peace. God bless. Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into his image by the power of his Holy Spirit. If you would like more information about Calvary Chapel or if you would like a copy of today's message, please contact us at 847 265 0646. That's 847-265-0646. Thank you so much for joining us today, and may the Lord richly bless you as you worship Him today. Hey.